Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's talk to Rod Little, columnist at The Sun and indeed The Times, of course. Rod, um, in uh, God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash is the famous sign that hangs around over uh, a lot of bars in America. Um, he's not doing a great job, this guy, Andrew Bailey, is he? He reminds me of, of the, of the, uh, of the character in Airplane, <laughs> uh, who, who as, as the stricken plane is coming into land, someone says to him, Shouldn't we turn on the runway lights? And he says, "No, that's just what we'll be. Ex- they'll be expecting us to do." Uh, it, it does seem a bit counterintuitive. That being said, a lot of these problems could be uh, uh, averted 
if the government were to introduce a two or three percent tax uh, uh, drop in taxes mm. for that middle income band, the, the ones who are currently paying 40 percent, yeah. uh, that would help mortgage owners enormously, would also get the economy going. Mm. Uh, but but uh, I know Rishi Sunak has said <clears throat> that he would like to see a, a decrease in, in, in taxation, but he said it in much the same way that, you know, I would quite like eggs benedict yes. for lunch. I'm not going to get it. Right. Know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he talks a good game, doesn't he, Rishi Sunak? I mean, he's the master of uh, this is what I'm going to do, uh, and then doesn't do it. You know, I'm going to stop the boats. Are you? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of my five yeah, key, no, one of my five key uh, planks of, of of policy. Have you stopped the boats? Uh, no, I haven't. No, no, indeed. And of course, he's also got Jeremy Hunt at the Treasury to contend with, uh, which you know one really wouldn't want to do. No. Uh, so he's he's in a cleft stick. He's tied by the fact that Labour is 20 points ahead or 17 points ahead and there's nothing much he, it seems that he could do about it. No. Though if we introduced tax cuts for that middle income bracket, he would be able to do something about it. That would be a hugely popular move. Yeah. <clears throat> if he wanted to go even further, reduce them to 35%. You know, I, I mean, if you, if you want to make a stand, um, uh, keep the top rate what it is. Mm. Uh, but... but Makes, the, the problem we have in this country is low wages. That's why wages are rising so fast at the moment, because they've been low for so long. Yes. If you gave people a bit more of their wages back in taxes, people would be a hell of a lot better off and more inclined to vote uh, Conservative at the next election. Yes. I don't know if Starmer would react to that. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, as, as everybody always knows, it is absolutely the economy stupid, even though, unfortunately, it was Bill Clinton that said it. You know, people are much more likely to vote for you uh, if they feel that you've made them wealthier or, or at least That's you've right. made them less poor, right? That's right. That's absolutely right. And and at the moment, all Rishi is able to do is tinker at the edges, make vague promises and not actually do anything. Mm. Uh, I mean, God, we're, we're, I, I think what Liz Truss and... Um, what Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng did was wrong. I don't think the top rate of taxation needs cutting particularly, you know. Um, but but it, it seems to have made it impossible now for a Conservative Party to cut taxes yes. because people will say you're just being Liz Truss again. Right. Uh, Although it does seem pretty galling for a lot of people to find that when they do start to make really, really good money, um, they have to give half of it back to the government. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, indeed. It, it, it's uh, it's infuriating. And it, it, you could, if you if you had the maths to hand, you could do a really good calculation, which said a three or four percent cut in in the forty percent rate of tax would mean you would have this much more money mm. uh, spent per year, which would cover not merely your mortgage increase increase rate, but would also cover your fuel bills. Yes. Uh, and then leave you with. 2,000 quid to go and get laid in Ayanapa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you could probably get it for less than that, to be honest, in, in Ayanapa. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, know, no, you might have change out of a couple of hundred quid. But, I mean, of hundred quid. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the thing about the, the interest rate rise is that if it was on its own, yes, you would perhaps be forgiven for saying to people, just, you know, pull your socks up and get on with it. But everything else has gone up so much um, that people are looking genuinely. I mean, I'm talking to people saying, oh, I think my mortgage is going to up by 500 quid a month. Meanwhile, my, you know, my heating bill's gone up by about 400 quid a month and my food bill's gone up about 200 quid a month. You know, it starts to get to the point where even reasonably well-off middle-class people are getting squeezed. 
Yes, they are. But by the same token, <clears throat> I don't think the government should do anything at all about the the mortgage interest rates, uh, other than perhaps enjoin the building societies, if there are any left, uh, or the banks, to uh, perhaps be a bit more open to the notion of extending loans over a longer period and so on, particularly for people who are younger and trying to get on the mortgage uh, on the housing ladder. Um, you know... <laughs> It, it is nonetheless the case that I can remember paying mortgages at this rate before. Yeah. Uh, mortgage interest rates go up, you know. They do. They do down. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's the nature of the system. Um, but then I'm saying that from the point of view of someone who had a fixed rate, who has a fixed rate mortgage for the next three or four yes. years. But I mean, uh, I've, I've, I'm like you probably, you've been through the mill in various different categories of house and flat and, you know, giving some away for one reason or another and losing money for one reason or another. I remember uh, when I got divorced, the house that I, that I had then in Wiltshire actually made quite a lot of money, but I had an endowment mortgage. Remember those? Um, yeah, no, because, I do. Because yeah. it was the only kind of mortgage you could get. Um, when, yeah. I paid, when, I, when I paid the bank off the mortgage that I, that I owed them, um, they said, would you like to keep the endowment part of the mortgage going? as a sort of life insurance policy. And I said, well, maybe. I said, how much will it be worth in 11 years' time when it comes to term? And they said to me, probably less than you're going to put into it. And I went, right, well, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll keep it then. That doesn't sound like a great investment. Either. I'm not very good at maths, but that doesn't sound like a very good investment. Well, I think, I, I also think, I mean, the mortgage lenders have been playing fast and loose for a long time. I should just briefly give you my experience of a, of the, uh, Virtually a year ago this month, um, I, I had a 30-year um, a mortgage with uh, one particular company, mm. uh, and uh, they rang up and said, uh, you can't have your mortgage anymore. Oh, great. <laughs> so well, what are you talking about? And they said, well, um, it, it came to renew the rate, uh, and they said, uh, no, you can't renew the rate, you can't have your mortgage. And I said, well, why not? They said, because you'll be too old. I said, but you knew that when I took the mortgage out. Yes. You know, and they said, yeah, yeah, but we've changed our minds now. And then they charged me 800 quid to leave their company. Really? <laughs> I just, it's just downright robbery. Yes. Um, I, I, it's George Orwell uh, got it right. Well, about, I mean, yeah, go on, sorry. Right, he just said there are... <clears throat> effectively an institutionalised con, robbery. Yes. Uh, a con job. Well, it is. It's usury, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the, it's worst, usury, it's the yeah. worst kind of, of, uh, uh, of business because they know uh, that you need to borrow the money to buy a house because you can't buy it out, yeah. right? But they can also do whatever the hell they like with you once you've taken the money. That's right, yeah. I mean, Orwell said it was even worse than insurance. Yeah. As a scam. yeah. <laughs> I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, if they came and said, we now need your firstborn child in addition to your uh, monthly... Yeah. Payment, they'd probably find some rule that meant they could they could actually enforce that. But absolutely extraordinary. Stay where you are, Rod, because we've got to take a little break. We're going to come back uh, to talk about the case of judgment, uh, not just because of the case of Carla Foster, but just in general. Uh, and we'll talk a bit about teachers as well. This is Talk TV. Online on DAB Plus, Talk Radio, and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republican White Graham. Uh, we're talking to Rod Little, columnist at the Sun and the Times. A great piece uh, in the Sunday Times, by the way. My favourite piece, I think, of the weekend about the, the 666 bus to hell. But we'll come back to that. Um, let's talk about judgment, first of all. You've written a piece in The Spectator um, a little bit earlier on this week about that case of Carla Foster. A terrible story, really, um, about a woman who was sent to jail 
for having an abortion. I was interested in the way this story was reported, because if, if you say just that, it sounds like it was a very harsh judgment, doesn't it? But when you get into the actual yeah. uh, meat and drink of the story, it's a very different kettle of fish. Well, yeah, but it's also the case that the people who report that story all come from the same ideological perspective, or mostly do. Uh, yeah. And they, they have these two ideas uh, about about uh, about the issue, yeah. uh, one of which is that abortions should be allowed all the way through to, to, to full term. Right. Uh, that, that's that's a general, and that there certain, certainly shouldn't be any criminality attached to abortion mm. uh, uh, after after twenty four weeks, as, as this one was. The other one is that no women should ever go to prison for anything. Right. Uh, I, I'm not exaggerating here. I mean that that has been advanced mm. as a suggestion. Yes. That should never go to prison yes. uh, as if they were incapable of doing wrong right. or that you know that there was something about punishment needed well i've heard you of know, some but, people on the left who don't think anybody should go to prison well no indeed it doesn't um, work apparently no no indeed and, and that that view kind of was reflected through the coverage of this particular story which was uh, what is the point of sending this woman to prison well the point is to tell her that she was done wrong yeah. and that we have a sanction in this country for doing something which is criminally wrong and it's going to prison yes. you know it's to let her know that she has done wrong um and that seemed to get missed and presumably but, also uh, to punish her for so something that she did uh, which ended up in uh, causing the death of a of, of what you can certainly say was a viable child well, it was a child. I mean, it was between 32 and 34 weeks yeah. uh, developed. Uh, it's it virtually uh, a, a child. I, I mean, had, had she taken this kind of action three weeks later, it would have been murder. Mm. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, um, but there are some, as I mentioned in that piece, some ethicists who, because they're on the left and therefore cannot bear cannot bear the idea that abortion at any point should be uh, illegal. It would go so far as to say that in infanticide is perfectly okay uh, if the child is disabled yeah. or, if it, or if, it, if it is a problem for the mother. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, and it seems to be that the mass media has kind of swallowed this argument. Whereas for most of us, I think, uh, you know, yes, we, it's been a historic compromise and a fudge. Mm. But by and large, we are we are uh, of the opinion that uh, something which is absolutely a child uh, should not be subjected yes. to that kind of misery and and indeed death. Right, and and that the law is there to protect such individuals. I would have thought. Yes, I think and, it's and, pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, uh, but also, I mean, nowhere apart from in my piece did I read anything. Uh, about uh, what actually happened to the child, mm. you know, didn't find you couldn't find that anywhere, and it's <laughs> it's a bit like, um, as I mentioned again in the piece, it's a bit like those other arguments we've had, such as, for example, uh, the women who uh, the single mums who had their uh, uh, young babies taken off them in the sixties and seventies, mm. and now there's a demand for redress. Uh, as if that this was an entirely wicked procedure, whereas in fact it was to the enormous benefit of a whole bunch of children, yeah. uh, because they ended up with good with good families uh, and were were brought up and, and succeeded in life. Uh, <laughs> we see we see things just through the prism of how it affected the individual yes. woman, and that is, that is a problem. Now I've got a special treat for you here, Rod, because uh, yeah. this very morning uh, we had the Times. CEO Summit. 
in this very, very building, and Keir Starmer popped in uh, to make a little speech. Here's a bit of it. Now live in a new economic era. Um, and to an extent, this is indisputable. You don't put 4% on the base rate in less than 18 months without something fundamental changing in our economy. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, this isn't just the latest of short-run problems. I think it's a mistake to see it in that way. I think it's bigger than the unwinding of the pandemic or the reaction to the war in Ukraine. It's a very Starmer-esque way of saying things, isn't it? To an extent, this is indisputable. Well, surely it's either indisputable or it isn't. Yeah, he also doesn't tell us what it is. No. <laughs> which is the important thing. I mean, I think, in a sense, he's right. Uh, I think there has been a kind of great reset over the last year or two years, which is understandable, given that um, uh, the gap between rich and poor has been getting larger and larger and larger. Yeah. Uh, wages haven't kept pace with inflation, uh, and wages are now at such a parlous level uh, that so many people are going on strike. Yes, of course, there's a political element to the strikes as well. They hate the Tories. But nonetheless, it's also true that, that wages have remained uh, unfeasibly low for too long. Mm. The gap between, you know, executive, chief executive uh, 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 officers and shop floor workers is is 10 times bigger than it was yeah. back in the 60s and 70s. So th I think there is <coughs> a bit of a reset, which is in turn fueling inflation. Um, I, I would have hoped that Keir might have got on to say something about that, but I don't know. <laughs> Did Maybe he, there wasn't time. Um, did he tell a few jokes? Um, I don't know. I haven't, uh, haven't haven't had the privilege of watching the entire speech, so I may I may if I get really bored later on, I might have a look at it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, knock, knock who's there that that kind of it, thing. It would, it would have to be under extreme prejudice, obviously. Um, I can't let you go without talking about hell because it's so funny. This story: uh, Polish seaside resort called Hell with one L um, had a bus that used to go there, um, but it was the six 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 bus. I mean, I'm assuming this is a true story. I mean, I hope it is a true story. Yeah, yeah, and, and clearly the bus company were playing <laughs> were playing along with the joke. Yeah, uh, in the in that uh, in that lots of people knew the place was called Hell, and they thought it was very funny to get on the six 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 bus to go there <laughs> until the god botherers got involved. Of course, <laughs> said you cannot make light of this. Hell is is torment and infernal pain and. And uh, it is not something, if you knew about it, you would ever joke about. So the poor bus company had to change the number to 669. I mean, <laughs> you, really, you really wonder whether people don't have enough to worry about, don't you? You do indeed, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just thought uh, it's, it's one of those stories where, where, where I think most of the stories I do for the shorts in the Sunday Times are where people su suffer a sense of humour failure. Yes. Uh, where people just have lost the plot a little bit. And so it was with these very vociferous Roman Catholic groups in Poland uh, who, are, who are now jubilant that they have had hell closed down. Mm. I mean, I always remember when I, the, the one war that I covered in Bosnia, there was a place called Medjugorje in, in Bosnia, yes. which was a bit like Lourdes, where people would go. And despite yeah. the fact that it was right in the middle of Mostar, practically, a lovely yeah. place, but it was right in the middle of Mostar where there's a massive battle raging. Yeah. No matter the battle, these coaches kept turning up from Ireland no, and right. France, full of sort of elderly women who wanted to yeah. touch the statue, the weeping statue of Medjugorje. You know, they don't see anything other than that sort of stuff, do they? 
No, they don't. No, I think I've got one in my garden, actually. Um, or a weeping statue. Yeah, a weeping statue. Uh, I think people should turn up and... Yeah. Only charge, 20 quid to get in. Charge them yeah. 20 quid to get in, and, then, and that will sort your heating allowance out for the winter. Yeah, it would. would, would. It's a very good idea, Absolutely. mate. Good. Well done. Good to see you. Rod, we've got to run. Thank you very much indeed. Rod Little, uh, you'll get that on a podcast coming up a little bit later on, of course. Um, amazing. Uh, that, uh, that uh, Rod has got a weeping statue in his garden. He may be joking, of course, so you may not want to take that too seriously. But if you turn up, he will charge you 20 quid uh, to have a look at it. It's as simple as that. Now, however, um, it is time for this. The World of Woke. Now, this is the time of day when we take a consideration of one of the stories that's going around uh, which reminds us that the world is indeed a very woke world uh, and we live in it, I'm afraid. And today, the world of woke is all about one woman and that woman is Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, you might expect Gwyneth Paltrow to be pretty woke. I imagine if you met her, she would sound woke, she would look woke, she would instruct you to do woke things uh, and she would be incredibly woke. You might remember there was some um, uh, consternation, uh, not to say fascination, when she put out on her Goop lifestyle website, um, candles. You might remember uh, it's a £75 scented candle that she's called, rather, uh, shall we say, optimistically, this smells like my vagina. Um, That's the candle. Uh, She also has another one which is called, this smells like my orgasm. You know, it's not something I would ever buy, I don't think. But she's now branched out uh, because she's now applied to the trademark uh, department of the uh, uh, the American sort of um, business site, site uh, where she has to get permission to sell this stuff. Uh, and she wants to make chocolates now based on the candle. And the chocolates, uh, you will not be surprised to know, will be called, This Tastes Like My Vagina. And I mean, I'm sorry about this, but... It doesn't seem right to me. I don't think you'd be buying that chocolate, would you? I don't think anybody would buy it. Would they? Is Gwyneth Paltrow okay? Would be my question. Maybe she's just gone a bit far. Oh, or maybe they've just gone a bit early. (laughs) You can go now if you want. I've got nothing more to say. I've got nothing more to say. That was the world of Woke. The world of woke. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.